Welcome back to the Malawa podcast, My Life at a Weird Angle, with Lord Milan Lawazu. On this episode, I wanted to talk about one of my tattoos. For people that don't know me, I have over 50. I'm not sure. After a while, you just stop counting. But thankfully, none of them are anything that I regret. Before my grandmother passed, she saw all my ink and I told her about some of them. And she said okay you know she was okay with them but they all tell a story and one in particular I want to focus on that's tattooed on my back above a cross and it's the Latin phrase esse quam videri and it means to be rather than pretend it was a few years ago that I was reading a book uh, and the title escapes me right now but it had to do with your authentic self and how each person, male or female, has a unique relationship with the Creator that's specifically tailored to them. And the phrase really stuck with me then, obviously enough for me to get it tattooed. And it really helped to define who I have become. You see, once my injury happened when I was 17, actually just before my 17th birthday, the life that I had built up to that point, the friends, the family, the interests, the mentality that I had all had to change. Thankfully, by God's grace, I had the second chance because he wasn't done with my life. I mean, it really goes back to over and over, I see how certain scriptures that stand out to me have proven themselves to be true in my own life. And not just true in the sense of, I agree with that sentiment. But true as I've seen them play out in my life. One of those is, my path is unique. That I'm supposed to do certain things so that other things can happen in other people's lives. But really it's just a one-on-one relationship between the Creator and I. Between the Word and I, between my Lord Yeshua and myself. He loves me so much that he wants to be involved in the details of my life. So when I was rediscovering myself or perhaps being my truest self for the first time after my injury, I wanted it to count, count for something greater than myself. Beforehand, growing up down south, I knew that I was different from most of my friends. I knew I was different from most of my family. My cousins all had two black parents. My church was mostly black. My friends were mostly black. Well, <laughs> mostly black. Most of my friends were black. That's that's most of my world. That was what I knew. That was the the music and the people and the culture that I related to. But I knew I was different and I didn't I didn't love myself. I didn't like the way I looked. I felt like I had to pretend in a way. Definitely I was definitely denying part of who I am, my my dad's heritage and his his genes in my body and his his story as a part of mine. 
and I embraced stereotypes and it sent me down a negative path. And it reminded me of the scripture playing out that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All that may rise from the devil shall fall and I will not fear what the devil may bring me because I am a servant of God. And the weapons of doubt and shame and the stereotypes that I embraced that were presented to me, you know, things like black people, just black men, teenagers just sell drugs. It's just a thing that we do, that it makes you tougher or it makes you more manly or it's a rite of passage. Well, it seemed at the time just the natural course of events. But that wasn't being my authentic self. That wasn't being the creative, powerful, loving, fearless being that God created me to be. At that time, I wasn't being. I was just pretending. I was pretending that I didn't care about the people I was selling drugs to. I was pretending that it didn't bother me to do some of the activities that I was doing. I had to compartmentalize my my faith and my mind in order to let my body do certain things. To lie, to cheat, to steal, to hurt other people, to hurt myself, to hurt my family. That wasn't being my truest self. And something that I wrote down when I was getting this podcast ready was the word recognizable like when you're truly something when you're well when you're anything really other people recognize it and at the time I, I chose to be in the street I chose to do criminal activity I chose to shoplift I chose to you know let people know that I was selling drugs and I was down for whatever and it became a recognizable thing for me. But it never felt right. The things that felt right were the things that were righteous. Expressing myself, being my authentic self, speaking Spanish felt right. Being physical in, in sports and training felt right. Praying and talking to God felt right. Being pro-black and, and Afrocentric felt right. Thankfully, my injury happened when it did, and I was young enough to start over, to start anew, to create rather than to compete, to co-create my life with God, as, as the scripture says, you know, it's God in you that wants to do and to say and to act and to breathe and to experience. God moves through us. God moves in us. And something else that, that Yeshua said in the scripture, you know, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Yochanan John said it too. The kingdom of God is at hand. And if nothing else, I know where my hands are. If the kingdom of God is at hand, that means that it's within reach. Goodness and righteousness and truth and all these authenticity are really at hand. 
if you just let them. But like anything else, it's a decision. You know, and, and understanding words, the Latin of decision means to cut something off, to cut off. So I'm making the decision to be in the street, then I'm cutting off the part of me that is true and is not selling drugs and is not lying, is not doing all these negative things. I'm cutting that off. But like the Bible says, you know, there's, there's nowhere you can go. There's nothing you can do that'll separate you from God's love. He knows you. He knows the beginning from the end. He decided that he wanted to create you. Once I got out of my own way, got out of my own head, got out of my own negativity and was brought back to the light, I stepped back into the light, my own and that of, of Yeshua. I experienced for the first time really letting myself free fall like that Tom Petty song and experience the truth of Yeshua. You know, that he says he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the light. He is the life, and he is the light of this world. And that everything, everything starts with him. Everything is through him because he is the word the word incarnate and that that proves so so vital in my becoming myself and my ability to be rather than pretend because there was definitely a time where I looked at it as if I'm being like Christ if I'm being like the Christ if I'm being like Yeshua if, if I'm following his his example. I felt like I would have been losing a part of me. That I can't be Milan and serve God in that way. I can't be Milan and do what I feel and what I've seen Yeshua do. Forgive, turn the other cheek, do what's right even when it's hard. Be truthful, not scheme and try to cut corners with your money in order to conserve it. It, it took a while to, to break me out of that, that plane, out of that mode of operandi, out of that mindset. Even after my injury happened, because I had spent such of my life investing in that pretend version, it was like severing ties. But once again, the scripture proved true in that you know, he said he is he is the vine and we're the branches and, and he has to prune what's not working. To prune what's not bearing fruit so that those things can die and be removed and, and new growth and new things can grow in their place. To steer us in the right direction, to cut off what's not necessary, to decide. And unlike, you know, geckos losing their tail, you cut you cut a limb off for us. Or you cut out a mindset. It's like cutting out cancer. It's like cutting off a limb. It's not going to come back. Once it's gone, it's gone. Your mind can try to relive those things, but it, once, once, once you let Yeshua step in, 
once you declare him as Lord, once you agree to just walk on his path, not even not even having all the answers or, or knowing exactly where it's going to go, but being willing to go there, being willing to be guided, being willing to let go of your pride and your illusion of control. You know, when he said he's the way, he, he really meant that he's the how. I mean, he gives us, we all have these desires, these wants, these ideas of things that we want to create or what we want to see or experience out of life. These righteous thoughts, these amazing ideas and inventions and skills and things and words and music and just all the things that we want to create individually. That's the what, that's the desires that he puts in us to create in this world and the things that we're meant to bring to fruition. Or like one of my drops, the things that bother you are the things you're meant to do something about. He, he designed each and every one of us in such a specific way so that it seems out of reach. It seems impossible almost. But for me, having that relationship with Yeshua allows me to be and not pretend. And, and it creates in me fidelity. Which is one of the words that I looked up when, that came up when I was uh, looking up the definition of authenticity. One of the synonyms for that is fidelity. And my fidelity to, to my faith, to Yeshua has allowed the the answers to come to me when they're needed. So he's the how and and because I'm not focused on the how, I can just focus on the what what I want and in the book The Science of Getting Rich, Wallace Waddles talks about, you know, praying continuously like the Bible says is really in his interpretation just keeping our what so so much in the forefront of our mind, despite the circumstances. Like for me, my what is this amazing house, the Kobe model home that our realtor showed us in Austin, Texas, is a part of my what for my wife and I, for, for my son and my youngest daughter to live in to have my family visit, to have celebrations. This upper seven-figure home is a part of my what, so I focus on that. I don't focus on how I'm going to get it, necessarily. I mean, obviously, I know I need money. I know there's a certain down payment, like certain things that I can, I can figure out, but really only to do my homework to really just narrow down the what. Okay, this is the money that I would need for the down payment. This is how many payments I want to pay for it. This is where it is. This is, you know, the square footage. This is how we would use the house. I'm just focused on on the what, the what that's in my head, the vision, the, the imagination, and using my words to get there and just trusting God to be the how, to create the intricate road that will lead us there. And it frees me to just, you know, pray without ceasing, like he said, and just keep that 
at the forefront of my mind, despite the circumstance of right now living here in Kalamazoo, living in our, our three bedroom uh, flat with my wife and kids. Not focusing on, on that as our end all be all, really living in, in the Kobe. Living and celebrating and, and acting and, and walking and cooking and, and celebrating and doing laundry, having game night, having business meetings, living in the Colby. Because like I said before, the kingdom of God is at hand. True greatness, success, love, power, ability, a full life, a fully truly expressed expanded life that's that's the real reality but getting back to the definition fidelity it says faithfulness to a person cause or belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support and three words that i highlighted that really speak to my relationship with the creator is belief the word demonstrated and the word continuing i highlighted in that definition in belief because i can't have a relationship with him if i don't believe that he exists that he's for me that he is who he says he is belief really signifies trust I trust him and and confidence it gives me confidence in him being the how and working things out the confidence to believe and trust that everything will work out for my good because like I said I don't know the intricacies and, and all the decisions that need to happen in order for the vision that's in my head to happen a lot of times people think that, well, if it's difficult right now, you know, I lost my job or my wife got sick or um, coronavirus <laughs> happened and I'm working from home or, you know, I'm unemployed or I'm struggling with this addiction. People look at situations that are not necessarily ideal and we don't understand why so much hardship so many challenging situations are happening and think that well we're off off course god's quiet god's not around right now or i trusted god and i did the right thing and all these all these problems happen i used to be one of those people and then i, I realized that you know looking back i can see how every challenge just made me better it either made me more mentally tough taught me a lesson or just got me out of a situation that I was in got me away from people that I was around or ended relationships that were toxic and then I just needed to move on from or it taught me how you know being a good steward of my money is just useful or it gave me the time uh you know, not working and not being in a relationship and being 
alone by myself, it, it gave me that time to invest in my own skills. It, it gave me the time to evaluate my life and my participation up to this point of, you know, the decisions I was making. And am I really doing what I want to do or am I just pretending? Because I think to be rather than pretend is, is not just something that you do one time. I think it's it's something that you have to do continually. That you're doing over and over. You know, am, am, I, am I pretending? Am I living the idea of other people? Am I, am I living the idea of, of something or am I being true to myself? Is this, is this something that is facilitating my path? Do I have peace about this? Am I, am I just bullshitting myself? It's something that I've asked myself countless times. And over the years, I've grown so close to God. I've grown so sensitive to his voice that I know right away. I know when an idea comes to my head to do anything, something something like grab a certain bag before I leave or text my, my daughter something. Or say thank you to the guy at the grocery store that's unpacking boxes and stocking the shelves. Like it, it, it has me so sensitive to, to the truth of it all and recognizing my own path. That I'm supposed to do certain things. I'm supposed to say certain things. I'm supposed to cut off certain things and, and, and make sure that other things get done because that's a part of my path. That's what's getting me more forward. That's what's allowing me to progress and expand out of my current situation. So I'm too big for my britches. I was listening to a podcast or reading a book or audio book. I'm not sure. And talking about, you know, in nature, when, a an animal is too big for their current situation current circumstance or environment they develop new skills or a new limb or a new color because they they've exhausted their current space they've expanded outside of, of the norm outside of their current area and and they evolve and while humans don't evolve into another color or develop a limb or a, a superpower like in the movies. We still can expand beyond our circumstance. You know, that, like that expression, being a big fish in a small pond. You've, you've outgrown your current environment and you have to, you have to leave that environment in order to keep growing. I've said it in another podcast and, and I was talking about it with my with my mentor and also a friend of mine, Dane, that humans are the only ones that choose not to expand and grow. You know, if you look at any other life force, you look at nature, 
grass, trees, any, any of these plants, they will grow as big and tall and, 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 and expand as much as they can, as much as life will let them, as much light and, and water and nutrients as they get, they will, they will be their greatest self. And animals are the same way. They, they, you know, they won't like a lion's not going to choose to just be a glutton and sit around and be fat and, and just eat, you know, have people bring them things to eat. And no, that's not going to happen. It's always going to run. They're always going to move. They're always going to expand and grow. But with humans, because God gave us free will. So we can run on something other than instinct. We can choose to screw ourselves over. We can choose to not heed the call of God. And I've been guilty of that. I was guilty of that before and after my injury. I've been guilty of that before and after I got the tattoo to be rather than pretend. Because of my fidelity to God and I know that he has utter fidelity to me. And going back to those three words that stuck out from the definition, I talked about belief, and the second one is demonstrated. You know, faithfulness to a person cause or belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. And really demonstrated is, is, is action. You know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So that means you have to do something. You have to put forth some type of momentum in that direction. You know, like I talked about before, I'm so focused on my what. That inner vision, I've used my my words and my imagination to, and my listening. My listening to God to create this, this idea of a world in my head. Where I am a global motivator I'm a global designer I have global influence with my words and my books and my endeavors you know I, I put action behind my vision I've used my body not just my mind and my ideas I'm not some type of wisher or castle builder as as Wallace Waddle says no, you have to put action behind it and say, okay, like I want this in my life. I'm going to, you know, get my business license. I'm going to start selling uh, uh, these crafts that I make, for example. You know that you want to be a millionaire. You know you want to help people. You know you want to reach the masses. But like I said, you don't have to focus on the how. You don't have to figure it all out. Your job is to keep the what in your forefront and to trust God, have, have faithfulness to him while you're putting forth action that what's in your head, what your desires are, what God has revealed to you as, as true and great and wonderful to have, that that's your true reality. And as those things come to me, in my life and I'm I'm just so thankful that God's hand is so evident in my life that my connection to him is so evident because I can see how my words and my thoughts my trust my 
my fidelity, my belief demonstrated through action comes to fruition so often throughout my days in large and small situations. And the third word in that fidelity definition that I highlighted is the word continuing. Because like the day one philosophy that I teach, you know, it, it's it's never ending. God, babies, and animals are always in the now. Always in the present. It's, it's always continuing. There's never... There's never an end. It's not a one-off. And part of fidelity, authenticity, esiquam viveri, part of that continuing means that it's not always convenient either. You know, doing the right thing, doing what you feel you're being led to do, called to do, have to do in your own right, not through obligation, but through just obedience to the truth of yourself. Doing those things isn't always convenient. You know, it's not convenient for for millions of people to march in the street and protest during a pandemic. It's not convenient for people to risk their lives and their careers and and their their livelihood by stepping out and declaring their their fidelity to justice. You know, how many people have been ostracized or, or murdered or, you know, thrown in jail for standing up for justice and rights and truth and, and black lives? It's not always convenient. Fidelity is not always convenient. Being your truthful self and and acting on it rather than pretending is not always convenient. You know, and it it reminds me of the scripture. I believe it's one of the Psalms that, you know, David said, Lord, like, may I never get tired of doing what's right. May I never get weary on doing what's right, you know. Like, no, like, I want to march or... I want to uh, start my own business where I want to, you know, m- move in this right direction to get this, this good thing that I, that I really want, that I believe in. But, you know, I'm too tired. I'd rather just sleep, sleep in. Or, you know, I, I really want to start this business and, or I really want to invest right now. But I'm, I'm scared because I don't know what, what's to come with my money. I don't really want to use my my Roth IRA right now to to start this business because you know I, I I'm it's uncertain it's not convenient. What if something bad happens? But again, that 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 doesn't make any sense. When Yeshua already said He's the way, the truth, and the life, it, it doesn't make any sense to fear. It doesn't make any sense to doubt. And and that's why I, I find the Bible, I find Yeshua's teachings in my relationship with him just, just so doggone practical. 
it takes a lot of the BS off the table. Not only that, it, it takes the worry off the table. And oh my God, li- living a life without worry is 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 ultimate freedom. Is the ultimate freedom. And me being rich, that's people. There are people that you know. Let's say, oh, you should be humble, and and being rich is evil, and the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil, and all that, and, and that's just a lie. Being rich is is amazing. It's freedom. It's 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 lack of worry. I'm not I'm not worried about how I'm going to pay my bills. I'm not I'm not worried. At, you know, if if something comes up, will I be able to pay for it? Well, if my insurance doesn't cover it, I don't worry whether or not I can I can help other people or or start a business or anything like that because I'm wealthy. That that's a good thing. I I can serve God and man, my family, more so as a rich person. We live in a world where where money is necessary, where it's useful no matter who you are or what you want to do in life it takes money to do it even mother teresa while while she lived a life of of personal piety and she didn't have you know personal possessions and millions of dollars it still took millions of dollars for the things that she needed and wanted to do to happen to feed those people to to bring them comfort and peace to to reach the masses it took millions of dollars and every every great powerful life changing thing does i mean you don't you don't have to be uh, a personal millionaire a multimillionaire or a billionaire to want to do great things but the manifestation of those great things takes millions of dollars And that's that's one more thing that, you know, to be rather than pretend, God said, God called me abundant. He said, I've come, I haven't come to, to, to condemn. I've come to give you a life abundantly. He said, it's the father's good will to give you the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I want the kingdom. So the kingdom of God is at hand. And and what's the kingdom of God? I mean, everything that we see, all good things, all 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 truth, all life, expansion to the fullest ability, my truest expression. Like I said in another podcast, and you know, I put it out on on social media and stuff that my equation for life, you know, because of my faith, because because I'm not pretending really a, a true and great and full life is really expansion plus expression that's 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 true life you know like i said before other animals and plants and, and, and other life other life forms will will express their truest self you know a leopard's not going to say well i wish i didn't have spots i i'd rather have stripes you know those stripes look cool I hate who I am. I'm a mistake. I should have been born with stripes. No, they express themselves in their truest self. A leopard's going to be a leopard. It's going to growl. It's going to run. It's going to 
look like a cat and climb trees and have spots. And it's going to expand its territory as much as it can, as much as its body and instincts will take it. You know, my, my truest self, my, my most expressive and expansive self is, is limited without, without my connection to higher power. How can I see all these things that I didn't create? How could I experience the, these, these miracles and these amazing things that I can't explain? I didn't invent this planet. But I know I'm connected to the one that did. And that gives me the ability to, to not pretend. It took me a, a, you know, a roundabout way to get, to get back to this point. But like I was saying before with you know, hardships happening and challenges and difficulties and the, these things that seem to bombard us are not because God is absent. It's, it's because we're being pruned. You know, like my, the drops in my book, like they've all come to me because of the hardship that had, that happened first. There was a time when, when I thought my, me breaking my neck was, was the, the, was the worst thing that could happen. You know, it, it stopped my life path. It took away my ability to, to move, to, to be independent. But now I see that even that, that weapon that was formed against me didn't prosper and couldn't prosper. That even that God was just proved himself right again, that even when we get ourselves into the situation, even when we cause the trouble, even when we, you know, we, we, we disobey or fail or, or, or just don't choose righteousness. And granted, I didn't choose to be in the wheelchair. You know, it, it happened. It led that way. But in even even whether it's in, in surprise hardship or, or a self-inflicted that the scripture said, you know, he will use everything and turn it for good. And so much good has come out of this. The skills and desires and clarity that I've gained, I wouldn't trade for the world. I'll do it a hundred times over. It allowed me to be and not pretend it, it it strengthened my relationship with him. And because of that, like I, I have his peace that he said. Because I give him the glory and I don't seek it for myself. He 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 gave me what he promised again. That putting him first, he he would give me all the desires of my heart. You know, he, he told me don't concern yourself with what you're going to eat or wear or how you're going to go somewhere or do something. How something's going to be paid for or, or what you're going to do. Don't don't concern yourself with that. Just praise me, put me first, give me glory no matter what. Thank thank me for the good things that come out of it. In advance, and and I will give you, give you the kingdom. I will exceed your expectations. I will do things that you can't imagine or think. You see these amazing, transformative stories, 
just with the people in our lifetime. And you, you see the, the power of, of being your truest self and not pretending. Not living the idea of someone else's life, not, not imitating other people, not succumbing to the limitations of your current environment. Not believing the negativity that's all around you. Not complaining. Not looking at impossibility and, and just agreeing with it. You see people that have chosen to to see themselves as powerful and, and go for it. Take a step in the direction that they want to go through. Want, want a step in the direction that they want to go. Because they see something greater than their current situation. We see that in movies. We see that in, in Rocky. Rocky's an American classic because he went for it. And as amazing as the Rocky story is, the story, Sylvester Stallone's personal story, is great as well. Because he was so broke, he was down and out, he was working a factory job, he had never acted before, you know, he had a he, he talked funny, he looked funny. He wrote the Rocky story and they loved it, but when he said, "Yeah, I want to, I want to star in it, I want to, I want to be Rocky," they're like, "Nah, fuck that, dude. We'll give you." He passed up like a half a million dollars, almost a quarter of a million dollars, and they gave him just, I think, like fifty grand or something to be in the movie, to to act in it, because they were like, "We're not gonna invest all this money if it sucks," you know, and you. If you suck at acting. But he believed. He turned it around. He he wasn't his truest self. He wasn't going to give in. He wasn't going to compromise his vision. That truth. He knew he had to expand and express. In order to get. What he knew was his. You know like I talked about Jeff Bezos. Or Elon Musk. Or countless other people that have started in such dire straits and created something unrecognizably amazing from their starting point. Esiquan Videri is, is a great phrase for us all, reminding us to, to be rather than pretend. My father is a prime example of that. My mother is a prime example of that. I'm a prime example of that. Because my life really picked up, I guess you can say, when I stopped pretending. When I stopped pretending that I was destined to be a drug dealer. When I stopped pretending that, you know, I, I shouldn't be as smart as I am. When I stopped pretending that, that I wasn't, Afrocentric, when I stopped pretending that I didn't love to speak Spanish, when I stopped pretending that I didn't matter, that my voice wasn't powerful, that I wasn't a child of God, of the Creator, when I stopped pretending that I wasn't that and I really stepped into it, that's when my life started flourishing. That's why I can do the things that I do now. When I tell some people that some of the things that I've done just in the last, I don't know, five, ten years, they're they're amazed. Because they've they've accepted that those things are 
intangible that that those type of travels or or success are are meant for other people that their situation is too dire to go to to experience that level of of greatness and success but that's just not true the story of god is really this god in humanity is really the story of imperfect beings us humans messing around and doing a bunch of stuff that we that we shouldn't do but when we align ourselves with god we're able to to accomplish such amazing things to create amazing things like electricity to to harness electricity to harness sunlight and wind light and create the internet to create amazing fashion out of plastic polyester is plastic yet we have great clothing and tents and wigs and <laughs> all sorts of stuff out of it when you are your truest self you don't have to pretend you don't have to pretend you don't love what you love or who you love. You don't have to pretend that you don't see the systemic racism. You don't have to pretend that the leaders of this country haven't always had it figured out. You don't have to pretend that injustice is okay. You don't have to pretend that you don't love to speak Spanish. You don't have to pretend that you, you know, hate a certain thing that everybody else around you just loves. When you when you are your most authentic self, when you choose to express yourself, you end up expanding into greatness beyond measure. When you combine the five steps of the day one philosophy and you do it with with a belief in Yeshua, with a belief in, in the divine. And I say Yeshua instead of Jesus because I think for a lot of people, Jesus is, when they hear that, they already have a lot of preconceived notions about who he is, what they've heard. And because Yeshua is, I mean, he's a Hebrew. That was his Jewish name. Jesus is just the, the the Greek that we've come to accept. That's easier to say, I guess. But Yeshua, when you know that he exists and that Yeshua means that God is, is with you, God is for you, and God is in you. When you accept that, you... You can move through the day one philosophy with, with such ease and it's so easy and it opens up your world in a way that's just so amazing. And I wrote the book Drops like I've talked about a couple times in this episode. The Drops, the daily real optimistic power statements that that the Spirit told me over the years and I, I combined it to a book. When you live that day one philosophy... When, like I said, God, animals, and children 
are their truest self because they're always in the moment. You live day one. Every day is day one. You can't act in the past. You can't act where you're going. You can only act where you are. And you use those drops. And like I said, you have that belief in Yeshua. Then the things that you create, you you become such an amazing creator. And you're, you're, you're so happy and at peace and, and focused and driven and, and just excited about life. One of the benefits of the day one philosophy is, is you know, your, your child brain is reactivated. And like children, you just see such possibility and wonder and excitement. And, and, and you're just perpetually just, you're just living for today. You know, you're so caught up in today and, and what you want to do and what you've learned and, and how you've grown to, up to this point and how much more you want to do. And, and you're just excited about life. You know that life is for you. You feel unique in the universe, the one verse, the one word. But real quick, the day one philosophy is this. Step one, self-talk. Using only positive words in your head to to create the reality that you want, despite what other people are saying. The Bible talks about in the beginning there was the word, so the word is powerful. Words create. And you can use your words to, to talk to yourself, to encourage yourself. And yes, at first it may seem stupid or that it doesn't work or it's ineffective, or what have you, or embarrassing. It It should be uncomfortable, is all I'm saying, because it's new. But when you start with self-talk, and then you use combine that with your imagination, the ideas of the things that you want for your life, what you want to experience, what you want to have, what where you want to go, what you want to be, Embrace your imagination for all it is. Your mind, your imagination is full of, full of possibility. Like Einstein said, imagination is greater than knowledge because, you know, knowledge is, is limited. You have as much knowledge as you have right now, but your imagination doesn't care how you get things. It, it, just, it just knows what it wants. So you self-talk. You get all up in your head and you're, you use your imagination to see those details. And then you focus on the what. You focus on the what of all those details. You know, what you want. What type of house you want to have. What, what type of person you want to be. What type of company you want to own. What type of money you want to have. You know, and get down into those specifics. So that when times get tough, times get hard, you know, you don't see a lot of change or, or challenges come your way. You don't see those as deterrents or as, as problems or as examples that God's not for you or that you're on the wrong path. No, you just, you just keep going. You just focus on your what. Use your self-talk to motivate you. You know, how is not your concern? My bad, I just messed up. 
right? To be rather than pretend. So I'm not even going to edit this out. But step one is self-talk. Step two is your imagination. Step three is knowing that you only have solutions. That, like I said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Trusting God that you have great ideas and the answers that you need will come to you when you need them. That you only have solutions. And I, and I say that because really when you think about your life up to this point, whatever age you are or while you're listening to this, you've come up with so many ways to do things. You've figured out how to tie your shoes, how to walk, how to dress, how to have a conversation, how to order food, how to search the internet, how to take a shower, how to buy things, how to pay your credit card bill, how to ride a bike, how to uh, get deals on, on different things, how to drive. You, you've figured out so many things. You've probably figured out a million things uh, to get to this point. And like I said before, you know, the next step is focusing on the what and not the how. How is not your concern. How is the universe's concern? How is God's concern? Let him do it. And when you only have solutions and you're focused on your what, the the solutions come all the time. You'll be amazed at how many things you figure out when you just look at whatever challenge that comes your way as a solution waiting to happen. My wife and I, and even my kids, I'm always telling them you only have solutions when, when they're asking or trying to figure something out. And they always come back to me, oh yeah, this is how I figured out how to do it. And then step five, just being thankful for it all. Having that gratitude. Then you can create the world as you see fit. You're not worried about pretending. You're not worried about the opinions or the criticisms or the negativity of other people. And not to say that it doesn't affect you. Or that, you know, it it, it feels great when other people you know, say negative things or, or you hear discouraging words, but just that it's not, it's not the reality that you create. So you just move on. Combining those and, and, you know, reading the drops has been life changing for me. I'm thankful that, you know, all the hardship of my injury and, and the people I've lost and the, and the things that have happened over the last 20 years almost it'll be it'll be 20 years this year this july since my injury you know i i thank god for the, for that hardship i thank god for that 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 20 year journey to get to where i am right now because not only did i experience so many amazing things and 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 meet so many amazing people i was able to persevere like the bible says and do what persevere do what perseverance is supposed to do and and give you all these benefits this insight this connection this information that now i can use to to express to other people to teach other people because 
I know my path in myself so utterly distinctly that my relationship with God is so seamless that I know exactly what I'm doing and I can see the power of my words and 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 the intention and excitement and motivation and value and belief that I put behind day one when I talk to other people to teach them about it is is just so impactful that like I said in the beginning it's recognizable my being is is recognizable in its most truest form now because because I decided to be like Yeshua because I decided not to be a hostage to my ego like Dr. Wayne Dyer said I made that choice to be a host to God. Like I said, with, with the name Yeshua, that, you know, he's he's in me. He's a part of me. And to finish it off, the, you know, one of the things that the Bible talks about too is, you know, write down your vision and make it plain so that even a runner could see it. And, and the vision in, in that sense is, you know, the truth, the, the amazingness. People talk about a, a vision board, the things that you see for your life, the car you want to drive, the, the house you want to build, the, the, the schools and orphanages you want to build in another country or something, the impact you want to have. Writing that down and making it plain, and it says so that even a runner could see it. And, and for me, it's not... Like you have to have a banner with, with all your desires and goals on it. You know, a billboard on the highway so that people can see it. No, I, I think it, it people can see it be, because it manifests in your life. Because you, you, you took those, those intangibles. You know, the words you speak to yourself and, and your imagination and, and your trust. And like the definition of fidelity, you demonstrated. You put action behind it. And when you put action continually behind things, you put your belief in God, you you are rather than pretending, then yeah, of course it's recognizable. Of course, even a runner could see it. It doesn't need to be analyzed or 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 studied in order to understand. People just, you know, when they meet me, they know, wow, this guy is 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 positive. This guy is truthful. This guy is is doing amazing things. This guy is trustworthy. He's honest. He's he's powerful. People people trust my word. They believe in me and what I'm doing because because it's recognizable, because it's true. People know that I'm I'm not pretending. And because I'm not pretending, I'm for the first time in my life I'm I'm really happy with the way I look the way I sound my my interests I don't see them as as being weird or being different from from my family or my counterparts in a bad way I see them as wow look how specific God is that he gave me these specific interests these specific goals these specific challenges these specific abilities 
and he's intimately involved in in all of it for his glory and for my enjoyment you know I, I, why do all this if you if if you're not going to enjoy it why work hard and and persevere through the challenges and 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 do the right thing and you know provide for your family and and help other people why why do this if if you're not going to enjoy it if you're not going to have peace and love and joy and fun part of that day one philosophy and that child brain like i talked about is enjoyment enjoyment and fun why why lose that why why not see everything as amazing it's just a choice and when you do that you make the world a better place I'll finish with this. Esi quam videri. To be rather than pretend. This is my life at a weird angle.